Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast is number 1,575. The topic is training and the title is Improving Flexibility for Athletes. So in our gym in 2023, we started uh, promoting gym members to write questions on a board. They write them on a post note and put them up on the board. And I'm going through some of them. Uh, so I wanted to make today's podcast to help that person. And then hopefully everybody else can benefit from it as well. So their question was, let me uh, actually read it out loud. <laughs> so it was asking about spine flexibility for jujitsu how to train and improve. So I decided to make this for kind of all athletes because and how you would train a jiu-jitsu athlete. Uh, I have trained jiu-jitsu athletes, by the way, <laughs> very high level ones. And they're, the concept of how to put together the right routines would be the same as kind of any other um, athlete. But there are some interesting components that maybe people aren't aware of. One component is that there's an enormous difference between the terms flexibility and mobility. Now, people might mean, you know, what they what they mean when they say one of the words might mean the right thing. But typically, if we think of flexibility, it's the ability to move through range of motion. So you would think, okay, I want if I want good flexibility in my shoulder, I want to be able to move through the entire full range of motion that's available in my shoulder. The difference, though, with mobility is that the range of motion that you can move through, you can also support uh, the the weight in that position, or like you can you can basically resist in that position. What I mean by this is, uh, I have trained yoga instructors before, and people who are like hypermobile. I've trained people that like they could stand and like when they lock their knees out, their, their knees actually angled backwards. A little creepy, but also really cool. <laughs> uh, but they were like hypermobile, like double jointed, you might say, like things like that. And they had a lot, a lot, a lot of joint pain. And even though they were highly flexible, they didn't have any strength in those ranges of motion. So therefore the connective tissue took the brunt of the stress when they were in those positions, those extended positions. So as an athlete, it's helpful to be able to get into extended positions, but you need to be able to resist, you know, resist your body weight or resist somebody pushing or pulling on you if you're, in, you know, in martial arts, but you have to have some strength in that available range of motion. So not only do I want to be able to move through the range of motion, I want to feel strong in the range of motion. So having strength in that range of motion is mobility. Flexibility is just I can move through the range of motion. Mobility means I can resist through the range of motion. I have some strength there. Now, how we do this is there's how it looks. I'm going to give you like the, the formula. But how that looks per person can be vastly different because I want to be able to personalize it for people because that's what I do. <laughs> so it can look different in the frequency. It can look different in, in the, the length of like how long they spend time doing it, the different types of movements that we choose, like what we choose to emphasize over other things. There's a lot of variability to this, a lot of personalization. But in general, what we do is we, we have stretching and strengthening routines. I, I, I typically refer to them as daily stretching and strengthening. But 
we actually aim for about three to six days a week. If a person has done zero before, then sure, one day a week is better than zero and two is better than one. But I would like them to get up to the range of three to six days a week. The more advanced the athlete is, the more the demand is, they've got to be higher frequency. You know, so when I've trained my really high-level jiu-jitsu athletes, they would be doing this stuff, you know, five, six days a week. I might even have to yell at them to take the seventh day off. They were doing it a lot. If it's somebody who's just noticed, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of tight and I have a pain in my knee, well, if you do it two or three times a week, you're probably going to get good enough, you know, results. But what we do is we focus on three key areas. They're the thoracic spine and kind of thoracic mobility, and that's generally like associated with shoulder health. There's a lot more complexity to it, but we can say shoulder health. Then we have core, and there's a lot of complexity to that because there's a lot of muscles involved in that, uh, and then hips and enormous amounts of muscles involved with your hips. But the three areas we kind of I, I look at and I work to address are thoracic, core, and hips. On everyone I work with, I would at least start with consideration of those three areas. And then either, you know, if one, they're fine, we might touch on it every now and then. If they're not very fine <laughs> in one or more, then we hyper-focus on them. But we look at thoracic health, shoulder health, core, and hips. Now, when you're talking about athletes, and especially mixed martial arts, you're going to need to have the ability to move through full ranges of motion, but also be able to resist movement. So if you're grappling with somebody and they want to get you in an arm bar, it helps for you to have available range of motion in your wrist, your elbow, your shoulder, and everything that ties into the shoulder, like your chest muscles, uh, you know, specifically like your lats, things like that. You want to be able to have range of motion, but then you also want to be able to resist continued movement, <laughs> continued muscle stretch when you're in a, that extended position. And that can be very challenging, but it's, it's very possible <laughs> to work on that. So the first thing would be is we want to improve our ability to get through full ranges of motion. So that would be technically flexibility. So I might have a circuit where I have one movement for thoracic. I'm going to give you more details here in a second. But one movement that addresses thoracic health. One movement that addresses core. And then one movement that addresses the hips. And I want to, for the first circuit where I would do, like basically I do a movement for the thoracic, a movement for the core, a movement for the hips, then I take a break. Then I do a second set of the thoracic, the core, the hips, take a break. Then the third set of the thoracic, core, and hips, and that's usually all the volume I use, three working sets per, mo per movement. Now, for that, we if a person has, let's say they have issues with everything. <laughs> so we would want a circuit focusing on stretching, kind of increasing available flexibility. And then we go through and we have a second circuit with new movements that is related to strengthening in those extended positions. So some clients I work with, and, and actually the majority, we typically do a blend of stretching and strengthening, or we only have to do stretching, or we only have to do strengthening. It, you know, it's not as common that everybody needs all of this, but I wanted to present all of it. So you're going to do one circuit of stretching movements that address thoracic health, and I'll give you more details here in a second. Uh, thoracic health, core health, and then hip health. And then you go through one circuit that addresses strengthening of those things. And it, again, typically we do three to six days a week. So when we talk about the thoracic, what we look for is we want good internal and external rotation of the shoulder. 
So I would want to test that. And you can just simply t like type in on YouTube, um, you know, test for internal rotation of the shoulder or test for external rotation of the shoulder, and they'll show you them. So I have big, thick books in here <laughs> that uh, tell me all the tests, so I know what they all are. Uh, but if you just YouTube it, you'll see a video and a description of it, like somebody will be explaining it to you. So it's much better kind of comprehension. So internal, external rotation of the shoulders, those are things we want to look at. We want to look at tight uh, pectoralis, like tight chest muscles. Make sure we're addressing that if we find that they're tight. Make sure we're addressing tight lats, latissimus dorsi. Make sure your lats uh, aren't super cranked in and tight, so you want to address that. And those are kind of the, the four main things that you can start with and kind of build and develop from there. What I mean by that is as you try different drills for those things, you'll start to notice, oh man, this one's really hard or this one's really easy. So keep doing the things that are hard and keep doing variations of them. And then you'll continue to kind of pinpoint where your issues are as you continue to move through a variety of uh, different types of drills and therapies. Then when we look at strengthening, you want to use a lot of isometrics, uh, especially athletes, especially mixed martial arts athletes, MMA athletes. You have to be able to resist movement. Not only is it important to, uh, like let's think of somebody like a, a football player, you want to be able to, you want to have strong legs if you're a running back, right? So you can plow through people, have great endurance, great power, uh, but you also have to have great uh, what would be tight, there's there's a lot of fancy language I'm skipping over, but you want to have great ability to cut. So if I'm running to my right, I want to plant my right foot really freaking hard into the ground and then start moving to the left. So you want a change of direction ability. That is increased not only by having strong legs through like concentric, eccentric type motions, but isometrics. Isometrics can really strengthen the joints, which is where a lot of um, injuries and weaknesses happen. So, for example, you hear about athletes tearing, uh, you know, ACL, MCL, Achilles, you know, those things. You don't often hear that about them tearing, like, the middle of a muscle belly. You typically hear of the injuries in the joints. So isometrics is an amazing way to train joints specifically. So that's really important. Then if we look at the core, if I want to have mobility, meaning I want to have a motion within my core. Now this might be different than say like a power lifter or a strong man who is doing, you know, heavy squats, deadlifts, overhead presses. They want their core to be pretty damn rigid because it helps protect their lower back and their spine. But if you need to have mobility in your uh, spine uh, through like say for example uh, grappling, you want to have a lot of mobility. Then you have to work on stretching your obliques. A lot of people don't focus on stretching the obliques, but that can that can help a lot. Especially if you already do resistance training that includes, you know, squats, deadlifts, and overhead presses, your obliques can become very rigid. So making sure you stretch and move through full ranges of motion. Again, you can just YouTube search oblique stretch, uh, and that'll help. And then also, uh, a lot of athletes, a lot of people focus on trying to improve lower back health. Actually, the one of the, two, like two of the most important things for lower back health is actually um, not having tight hamstrings and not having tight adductors. So when we talk about the hips, we're going to be talking about addressing hamstrings and adductors. So when you're talking about the core, if you think about lower back tightness, you don't really need to stretch your lower back. That tightness is most likely associated to tight hamstrings and adductors. 
Now, for the core, we do want to pay attention to a muscle called the psoas, which is P-S-O-A-S. So it starts with a P, even though it's pronounced psoas. <laughs> so there's no P there uh, in the sound of it. But the psoas muscle, it, it can sometimes be chronically tight in athletes, especially athletes that do explosive work. It can be tight, so you want to work on stretching that. When you feel like you have proper movement in your psoas, you also do want to then work on strengthening it. And the same thing, you want to use a lot of isometrics for the core. And again, it's, it's because of athletes, you want to have the ability to resist against movement. So not only do you want to perform, you know, con like concentric, eccentric, like repetitions, like say crunches, for example, um, probably a bad example, but movement. <laughs> not only do you want to train through moving of the core, you know, resistance training, but you also want to train not allowing the core to move. And that would be isometrics. So anti-rotation, anti-flexion, anti-movement. You know, so those are really helpful. And then when we look at the hips, we want to look at um, internal glute muscles. Man, oh man, if your uh, internal glute muscles, like the external rotators of the glutes, if they're tight, that can definitely cause a lot of low back problems. That can cause a lot of um, stiffness in the hips. So you want to work on trying to address the internal glutes, which would be kind of like the external rotators of the of the glutes, make sure you do stretches for that. One is like a seated figure four. It's not my favorite one, but that's an easy one to look up on um, YouTube. There's also, you can search uh, Brutal Iron Gym cross-legged glute stretch. So C-R-O-S-S, -S, cross, and then legged is L-E-G-G-E-D, and then glute stretch. So cross-legged glute stretch. That's my favorite one. Uh, there's also a lot of like um, variations of pigeon pose uh, that they use in yoga. You can do a lot of different like pigeon type dynamic movements to work on opening up the internal glute muscles. But that is absolutely something you want to look at all the time. Uh, tight quadriceps. Man, people have tight hip flexors. Always. <laughs> all the time. So make sure you stretch your quads, especially the upper quads by the hip. You want to do a lot of stretching for that. Uh, you want to do uh, hamstring stretching, hip flexors, adductors, even the calves. And again, remember that not only do we want to stretch, but we also want to strengthen. So one of the reasons why sometimes muscles can be tight is because they're weak. So in order to protect themselves against being hurt, they crank down the tightness to prevent movement. Therefore, they can't get hurt. Another reason why muscles are tight is because they're the strongest ones in your body and they're overworked. So it can be challenging <laughs> to know, is this muscle tight because it's strong or is this muscle tight because it's weak? Well, if you do some stretches and then you do an associated strengthening movement and that strengthening movement feels easy, well, then there you go. Uh, it's likely tight because it's strong. If that associated strengthening movement is really freaking hard, then it's likely tight because it's weak. If you find things that are weak, do them more often, the, then they, as they get stronger, they will reduce the stress load of the strong things. Okay, So <clears throat> this is basically what I would look for is if I test their thoracic health, if I test the core flexibility and I test hip flexibility, I want to make sure I address anything that seems lacking or not up to traditional standards. Then you want to go through and make sure you strengthen each of those areas so that way you have not only increased flexibility, the availability to move through the range of motion, but also increased mobility, which is the ability to resist in that range of motion, which is basically strength in that range of motion. Awesome. Okay. Well, 
the big thing of why, like I would say, do this three to six times a week is because you can keep it short and sweet. So a lot of the people that I do this type of stuff with, like these elements, they're like 10 minutes or less. Maybe some of the more complex ones, we might have to be like the 15 minutes. But if you do it a couple times a week, like two, three, four, five, six, more so to three to the six, uh, you're going to not need to spend more than like roughly 10, 15 minutes doing it. It's actually pretty, pretty easy time investment wise but if you try to only do it once or twice a week then it does start to feel a little overwhelming because you feel like you have to do it for 20 30 40 50 minutes there's absolutely no reason why you should be doing mobility and strength work uh, well not no no reason there's no need to do it you know 20 30 40 50 60 minutes if you're just looking for the biggest impact but the shortest amount of time 10 minutes is plenty you can definitely get it done within 10 minutes okay so take those structures, take those components, those elements, and have fun. <laughs> you know, if you have any questions or you want any help putting together a routine, just reach out or email us brutalironjim at gmail.com. You know, really, if you have any questions about anything. So like the members putting up note cards in the gym, they get to put up a question, and then I'll answer it and then put the podcast number that contains the answer right under their note card. So it's going to really help them be able to ask anything they want and then get an immediate answer. And that's everything we want this service to be. That's what I did the podcast for. That's why you, the listener, I hope that you always feel encouraged to send in any questions. So if you do have any questions, feedback, suggestions, really anything that you want to know, let me know in my email, brewlarengym at gmail.com. If you like today's podcast uh, or a podcast in general, please share it. When you share it, let people know that we do answer questions for free. So that way they know uh, that this is a service that's intended to help them. And then thank you to those who donate to support the service, the podcast. You can do that on the website at www www.brutalironjim.com I truly appreciate the donations you can do one time donation monthly donation yearly donation even just five dollars a month it does add up and it does help so thank you very much to those who do that and then uh, if you like what we share in our podcast you can find more information from us on our social media channels I post every day on Instagram I post more often uh, than I used to on YouTube so you can find us and follow us under the name Brutal Iron Jim as always I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.